Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're picking up at chapter 33. What a place to start. So again, you know, don't, I really didn't, didn't find much uh, questions or anything in there to, to challenge you with today, but uh, I'm hoping you, you found some things in here and can bring some things to light for us as we go along. But just jump right in. So we, we get to start with another woe. Again, woe is different than the, 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 the horsey woe, which is W-H-O-A, which is stop. This is woe, and in, in Hebrew, one of the most severe words possible. I mean, it's, it's the, an extreme warning. I mean, not just warning, but this is warning Will Robinson. This is, you know, like worst thing could possibly happen. In other words, stop dead in your tracks and turn the other way. Do not keep going the direction you're going. Because here is a woe for those who destroy and betray. So that's kind of interesting. But in this we see God's justice again. Basically, the way we treat others is the way God will treat us. Now, Jesus talks about that. You know, the measure by which you, 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 you work with others would be the measure God works with you. So if you are, are harsh and, 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 and can't give people a break and are very limited and all of that, then God will do the same with you. But if you are graceful and benevolent and kind and all of that, then that's the way God will treat you. So here we see those who destroy will be destroyed. Those who betrayed will be betrayed. They just comes right back on you. So now we know that. If you don't want to be treated that way, then don't treat others that way. Does that sound simple? Or is it just me? Right? I mean, it's, this is the way God works. Always. Now, look at verse 2. When we know this about God, the wise person would conclude that we must reach out to God and ask for his gracious goodness. In other words, humble submission. So knowing that, verse 1, that this is what God is going to do, then we need to do the opposite of that. So just try it. Know that God is the one who blesses, so reach out and ask God. Look at the quote. O Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. That's a great way to start any prayer, any discussion, any, any thought about God. A humble submission. Lord, I come to you. Look at verse 4. Once again we see the justice of God. The countries that pillaged and plundered other nations, they themselves will be ravaged like a swarm of locusts. Right? They stole from others, so now they're going to get wiped out themselves by the same means that they used against others. We, we saw that same theme last week. Again, this is how God works. So, when we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus, it is indeed very personal. So it's, we're, not, we're not judged by what our leaders do or what a nation does. We are judged by what we personally do. Now, what God, he's judging whole nations here because everybody in a nation is doing the same bad thing. But remember the remnant. Remember, there's a few that weren't that way. A few that got smart, at least partway through the process, and changed their ways, that repented. So the rules are different then for them. 
But if you are fitting in with everybody else and going against God, if you're ravaging others, if you're destroying, if you're betraying, if you're doing those things, then God is going to do the exact same thing with you. So wouldn't you like to know what we need to do to prevent that from happening? Look at verse 5. There it is. The foundation of who God is comes down to justice and righteousness. So this is what God uses as the standard by which he will judge us. Since justice and righteousness are so ultimately, critically important to God, he expects us to be doing the same. So now, verse 6. What a good verse this is. Would you like salvation, wisdom, and knowledge? Jim's shaking his head yes. Jim's a smart man, right? I mean, that's basically what, what verse 6 is saying. If you would like salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, then look at what we have to do. We have to first trust in God, and then these blessings, and so much more will be ours. I mean, look at the end of the verse. Quote, the key to this treasure, it says. Then go back. Is sal- to get the salvation, wisdom, and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. If that's what you want, look at that. I mean, it says right there, the key to the treasure <laughs> is this. Fear of the Lord. Now, we've talked about this a lot. You know, the fear of the Lord is not a, a fear cowering in a corner type of fear. Fear of the Lord is, biblically speaking, is a healthy respect for God. Recognizing the greatness of God and how ungreat we are. Right? So, otherwise, we're, we, we, would put our, we would be filled with pride. We would place ourselves on an equal plane with God. Whereas, as it is now, this is what it looks like. God is so incredibly greater than we are. I mean, it's not even close. Doesn't Scripture say everyone falls short of the glory of God? So it's not like, you know, if you try real hard, you'll be able to get real close. Everybody falls short of this. Paul, Billy Graham, it doesn't matter. All fall short of the glory of God. So the first step in salvation, wisdom, and knowledge is basically what Proverbs says. Humble yourself. Recognize God is so great, I am not. Therefore, I will fully submit to all of God. If you want salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, that's the key. That's the formula. And the beauty of this is, that's it. You cannot devise anything else. You can't create anything else. You can't, you, you can't speculate and, and, and come up with a better plan, a different plan, that will achieve what you want. The key is fear of the Lord. Period. We simply choose to humble ourselves and come to God. So go back to verse 2. That's why we are to say, O Lord, be gracious to us, we long for you. Verse 7. The envoys of peace weep bitterly. Last week we saw who these envoys are. Remember who they are? With Egypt? They were the ones sent by the leaders of Israel to make this pact, this alliance with Israel. So they go on this mission. And they think, boy, this is smart. This makes a lot of sense. We'll become allies and together we'll be able to beat and defend ourselves from the Assyrians. Sounds like a great plan. But look, the envoys are weeping bitterly. 
The end result of it is it fails. Then verse 9. Now there, there's four areas named. And these four are the four most fertile areas in Israel. And look what happens to them. They place their trust in Egypt rather than God. The result is even the most fertile lands will be desolate. That's it. And as you keep reading, it just gets worse and worse and worse. You get down to verse 14. And that kind of sounds like hell, doesn't it? Eternal burning. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? So verses 15 and 16. We've heard through many chapters what irritates God. 15 and 16 reveal what pleases God. You might want to circle that. I, I just, I, I'm of the opinion that we really don't need to know the negative. We don't need to know what irritates God. All we need to know is what pleases God. So we should never have to think that, should I do that? The question is simply, does that please God? You really don't have to know what irritates God, what upsets God, what, what God would consider sin. All we have to know is what pleases God. Go with a positive. Do what pleases God. And look at the list. Starts with righteousness, right living, and then actually it does turn negative. That we are to reject gain from evil means. So bribery, corruption, extortion, um, yeah, whatever. Any means you use that 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 you personally gain from it is bad because others are suffering. Good morning. Great to see you. Made it. The long journey. I know what that's like. Yes. Just just enough snow to irritate you. I mean, if it's going to snow, let's get six or eight inches. Two two inches is just silly. It's it's an irritation. Yes, you are. I broom it off. Yeah. That. Yeah. With the, with that much, you, know, you use it. Uh, I mean, it was light enough. You could have used a, 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 a blower too. I mean, it would have. Problem. The last time. Yes, yeah, the last one was, that was a quarter inch. That was, that was nothing. So be righteous, reject gain from evil means, then keep your eyes and ears from evil. In other words, you know, don't, don't, it's not saying don't associate with evil people. We, we, we have to in, a, in an effort to, to show them Christ, but don't, don't align yourself with them. Uh, now, you need to be careful with this one because it's really easy to fall in that trap of, well, I need to, I need to you know, protect myself and I need to you know, remain holy myself. Uh, Jesus, the crime the Pharisees accused Jesus of repeatedly is that he, he ate with sinners and tax collectors. He associated with the wrong people. Now, this is Jesus. So obviously that mentality, that philosophy is, is, is wrong. <clears throat> So it's not a matter of associating, of being with them, but don't allow their influence to influence you. Don't allow that evil. You should be able to detect evil and safeguard yourself against it. That's why we have the promise of the, you know, the, uh, the, the put, it says put on the full armor of God. Defensive weapons from your feet to your head, chest, the whole nine yards, and then one offensive weapon, the sword of truth. Use those weapons to defend yourself. 
But don't hide in a cave thinking that, well, I'll just stay away from all of that because that's, that's not what we're called to do. And so if, you, if you're righteous, if you reject gain from evil means and keep your eyes and ears from evil, look at the quote, this is the man who will dwell on the heights. So again, following up with the you know, previous verse, verse 6 then, with salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, you get that, you develop that in your life, and you continue to apply that then in terms of righteousness, rejecting gain from evil means, and keeping your eyes and ears from evil, then you will ascend to the heights of God. In other words, you go to heaven. Verses 17 18. <coughs> Persons who establish themselves in God's justice and righteousness will be blessed. Look at that. You will see the king of beauty. And then, in the presence of God, you'll look around and kind of comically say to yourself, what happened to all those terrible people? All those people that were you know, controlling my life, that were you know, awful to other people, that were ruining lives, that were you know, all these people in power. Whatever happened to them? <laughs> right? Gee, don't see them. They're gone. But here I am in the presence of God. And what it's really saying is you won't, you won't miss them. See, in, in heaven, you're not going to miss evil. You're, you're not going to say, gee, I'd really like to have an evil day. <laughs> right? You're not going to do that. You're just going to be glad and you'll forget very quickly. We've had a number of passages that said that you know, these, these nations that are so powerful and all, when they come will be blown away and won't be long before everybody forgets all about them. And that what happens. I mean, especially in this day and age. I mean, a news cycle lasts barely 24 hours, and it sounds like the biggest thing you've ever heard in your life, and the next day you turn on the news and they don't even talk about it anymore. It's just, it's gone. The next thing is replaced. So we, we do have a very short attention span. <laughs> but in heaven, we're not going to miss it a bit. Verse 20 it talks about this, this tent of God. Now, if you wanted a secure building, a tent is not the way to go. <laughs> Tents are very prone to, to wind, <laughs> to, to, you know, to uh, rain, and uh, you know, just any natural thing that happens. A tent is the last place you want to be. But here it's describing this tent and making it sound like this is the most secure building, the most secure home you've ever been in. Nothing can pull the stakes out of the ground, it says. Nothing can break the rope. This is the house of God. The tent probably had a lot more meaning for those people than it did. Sure, that was, yeah, us, they traveled. They lived in for a long time during the Exodus. Well, that was the, the tabernacles, it yeah, was called. The yeah, they were actual tents tent. that they... Yeah, they'd be there for a day or two, pack it up and move. That's that was their job. Yeah, you know, they did farm. They didn't had no other means of income. They had they had nothing. They just that that's what they did. They just kept moving. Said so pack up your tent and walk. Yeah, just absolutely amazing. So yeah, these are yeah you know, all the nomads and living out in the desert and all that. These are people of tents. So God's tent is secure. Verse twenty one. The river that goes through there, and it's it, yeah, we see a number of places in, in Scripture, including Revelation, speaks about you know the river of life. You know, it goes right right through the middle middle of heaven, and no ship of war will sail on God's river. So again, so there's no no threat of you know evil entering this place. 
Verse 22, important verse. If you choose God as your judge, lawgiver, and king, that will result in you being saved. It is a real chapter of salvation. Kind of starts that way, ends that way. Um, this is this is all about what we need to do. And again, this is the way it was in the Old Testament. Guess what? It's the same way in the New Testament. You read Paul's letters, Peter's letters, hear what Jesus has to say. It's basically the exact same thing. Righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. Live the right way. Do that, you will be saved. Then verse 24. In the final analysis, following God's will results in physical health. Look at that. No one's going to say, I'm ill. Everybody's sick now. You notice that? <laughs> right? It's been a rough winter already. And can you imagine forever and ever and ever never having to say, I am ill again? Or this joint hurts? Yeah. Or a lot of you wearing, wearing glasses, right? Won't need corrective lenses. That sound good? So, you hear a funny story? Last year, about March or April, now I've worn corrective lenses since I was in third grade. And you turn 50 and it gets worse and worse, and so I'm going back every year and it's, it's making the prescription stronger and stronger and stronger. And so, one day I put my contacts in and I was like, I can't see very good. Like, Great. You know, eyes have gotten worse again, now i got to go back and you know, get a stronger prescription. I took them out and I can see pretty good. <laughs> My eyes have clicked, clicked back into shape. Yeah, I've, I've gone since since April not wearing anything. All our travels last summer and everything. Um, so I went to the eye doctor, I don't know, <coughs> May or June or whenever before before we left, and, uh, well, let's let's see what it is. What 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 line of the eye chart can you read? I, I can read... There you, I, 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 I can read Made in China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read the bottom line of the eye chart. Yeah, I, I do it all the time. Somebody's in the car with me. I say, you know, driving along, can, can you read that sign? No, I can. People are wearing glasses and everything. I, I, just all of a sudden, my, my eyes have just clicked right back into shape. So. What did the say? He was pretty, pretty impressed. <laughs> Jan's one eye. Simultaneously corrected. So she only needs one contact now. The other one stepped up a little bit, but I think went three three steps in one and two two in the other, and uh, just just bizarre. So welcome to heaven. <laughs> it just, yeah. but you know, I mean, that's what little we know about heaven. We, there's no pain, there's no tears, and certainly there is no death. So the things that cause death are just the physical abnormalities. So there are none of those. We're exempted from all of that. So it says we actually get a new body. And what that looks like, I don't know. It won't be like a ghost. I mean, we're still going to recognize each other, but you know, how, how do we do that? I mean, you have to be... I mean, somebody you knew as a kid, you haven't seen in 50, 60, 70 years, probably won't recognize you as an adult. So, I mean, do we all turn 18 again? or it just? It, but it says clearly, you know, we're going to know each other. We will. I, I don't know how that happens, but we get a new body that'll be easily recognizable. I kind of like that. If there's no male or female, that's right. Yeah, probably there's no age either. I would think not. So there's just we know everything at that point. Yeah. That's that, that, that's what it says is you know, yeah, you, know, you don't understand now, but you will. I mean, Paul Paul describes that. You know, I, now I see dimly through 
through, through the class, but there come a time when I will fully understand, even as I'm full, fully understood. So, yeah, that will all, all come together, but, yeah. So, wearing glasses, they'll, they'll come a day when you won't have to play around with that anymore. And, yeah. Hey, but wait a minute, I just saw the news. That's what it says. That's what it says. There, there, there's there's no, no gender in heaven. And, and it also says that husbands and wives will no longer be husbands and wives, since we're not male and female. We're not because yeah, yeah, husbands and wives are yeah, you, you pick somebody special that you spend the rest of your life yeah, you know, I mean you, you declare I love you more than others, basically. In heaven we love everybody equally. So there's no gender, there's no marriage, uh, there's no parent child, so your children will not be your children, won't won't look to you in that sense anymore. So yeah, so it's just everything just goes neutral. And we just we just love. So, Willow, you were saying something. Uh, we were talking about the glasses. I just saw a little blurb of the news this morning. They're working on invisible glasses now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Can hardly wait, huh? <laughs> yeah. Does this? Yeah. We're told heaven will not necessarily. Heaven is not only up there, but in the end times, heaven we will we will have a new earth. Yes, we will, be, we will be walking here also. The the meek inherit the earth. Yes. So, and trying to figure out what that looks like is a little bizarre too, because then Revelation says that Satan will be released for a short time. as one final absolute categorical test, and then. Throw them back at Lake of Fire, locked up for all eternity, and that's it. So, yeah. Kind of weird, though, huh? So, have fun with that. So, physical health. And then it says that our sins are forgiven. So, spiritual health as well. Right? In other words, the complete package. You will be wanting for nothing. So, this chapter simply explains what God requires for us to achieve that. So it just I don't know how to sell this in any other way then. Does that sound good to you? Would you like salvation, wisdom, and, and knowledge? Would you you know well then you have to live rightly and not, not do those evil things. Uh, you have to trust in God, you know, fear the Lord. Yeah, there's a number of things you have to do. That would be hard though when you're talking to someone sure. that has no belief. And then you come off with this, and they're going to look at you like you're nuts. And, and that's why the only thing you can do is not try to prove any of this, but simply say, this is my experience of it. This is, this is what I believe. Yeah. And then they'll probably say, well, why, why do you believe that? Well, because. Right, because of this X, Y, and Z, I believe God's word, and here it says this, and I, I, I trust the promises God gives me. And yeah, it's, it's not an easy process. Right, we have to. We have to humble ourselves and come to Him first. He has come and died in order to give us that righteousness. Yep, we're going to be talking a bit about that Sunday. Do it on No, absolutely not. And so we have to believe that He is who He says He is, and He has done what He said. Absolutely. But when you get into those conversations, it says that you know, not by your own strength, but if you ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say, He will. So it's not like you have to go in with the script or you know how yeah you know, I mean you know car salesman already has their script ready and how to 
how to sell you. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, when they come to their door, already have a script of how to how to break you down. Uh, you, you go in completely cold, which is, I mean, talk about faith, right? I mean, literally no preparation. It, it, it says if they drag you into court because of your faith, don't don't lawyer up. Don't 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 make a case. Just go in and pray and ask ask the, the Spirit to give you the words to say, and you will. I mean. They might stone you like Stephen. <laughs> might cut your head off like Paul, but ah, whatevs. You know, it, it just. I mean, but that's what we're supposed to do. Now, sounds great on paper, right? Putting that into actual practice a little more difficult, but it is practice. So don't wait till someone holds a gun to your head before you make up your mind what you're going to do. It'd be good to practice in the little things of life daily to become secure in that, so that when the big thing does come. We'll be all ready. Because when somebody asks you about this hope you have in Christ, it says you better have an answer. You better have that locked in. I already believe. So, so when somebody says, you know, do you, do you believe in Jesus? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, that's not a good answer, right? Yes, absolutely, positively, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I'd love to share some more with you. Would you like to hear? Yes, I would. Well, Let's go get a cup of coffee, and I'll, I'll keep talking. And you have a chance to respond and all that, and yeah, that's how you do it. But, um, yeah, if you come across, you know, just pounding in people's head, they, that usually doesn't work. My mother-in-law was like that. Yeah. She's mother. I, I was out there once and talking about Jesus and stuff in the Bible, and she said, how do you know that stuff's true? And I said, well, it's in the Bible. And uh, I said, Jesus said it. She said, well, how do you know it's a Jesus? And I got worried then. I huh? said, oh, Lily. I mean, really. Yep. And, uh, but I often have wondered now, since she's passed away many, many years ago, yep. where she's at. That's why I'm so glad Keith came around. Yeah. And, uh, but I had worked on him. Jim worked on him. So. Yeah. We do have something to say. And we, we have to say it. I mean, that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're held accountable for... Our, our witness for our our sharing, and again, it's it's our story. It's nobody else's story. It's just your story. So, you're the expert on your own story. Share it, share it, share it. But you you gotta love the way that ends. Physical health, spiritual health, all is good. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Where's chapter thirty three? What other thoughts, expressions, comments, questions do you have in chapter thirty three? Uh, one of the devotions that I use uh, just during the last couple of days used the term white funeral. We all need to experience, I may have mentioned that in here before, we all need to experience a white funeral, he calls it. And the white funeral is us dying to our fleshly selves and then being resurrected in the new life of Jesus. And that is that, that is that humble submission. That yep. is that submission that takes place. When we can get rid of our earthly self and move on and be reborn into our spiritual self, then we can do that. We can do that, verse 15. But without that, we can't, we can't do it. Without the Holy Spirit being alive in us, we cannot do that. Walk rightly. Do the right thing. Say the right thing. That's 
That's what it means. And again, you know, not not by your own standards, not by my standards, not by anybody else's standards, but by what God clearly has already explained is the standard of right living. So, now, is this we, the same Bible most of the Mormon Jews? No. Well, they've got, got bits and pieces, but they've added a bunch and okay, subtracted they, a bunch. Their and their belief is families will still be families. Yes. When they get and they also believe that when, you know, the... When you die, the faithful get their own planet. You're no. Their own planet. Yes. What planet? Well, exactly. Wouldn't they get lonely after a while? Yes, I'd like to have my husband with me if I got my own planet. It's just weird. But no, um, you know, Mormons are <coughs> so off the wall. They claim to be Christian, but they're not. They're they're a cult. Um, from our standards, they're they're easily a cult. Jehovah's Witnesses are well, but Mormons are so funny that they made a Broadway play. Well, the biggest play on Broadway for eight ten years ago was called The Book of Mormon, a musical about how funny Mormons. You know, when you really look at their beliefs, you'd laugh your head off. Get your own planet. Why? Right, so yeah, so it's, they talk about Jesus, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and, you know, well, where's, 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 Jesus where's, where's, to them, or is he a saint, an apostle, or what is Jesus to them? They would say he's the Savior, oh. who saves you for your own planet. <laughs> but, like I said, yeah, so, but that's the definition of a cult, is you take the essence of the truth, and then warp it, contort it, add to it, subtract it, multiply and divide around it, and then make up something else. I mean, this is what we believe. Nothing more, nothing less. That's so silly. Like I say, that's, get on YouTube. You can probably watch the entire thing on, on YouTube. Oh, you know. okay. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, they're, just, yeah. they're out there singing and dancing and everything, talking about you know, all, the, all their beliefs and everything. It's, it's just, it's, it's hilarious. Well, are they trying to make fun of their Oh, beliefs? yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you know, much much the same as the Jews thought that, thought about uh, Mel Gibson's uh, Passion of the Christ, because <laughs> it makes it very clear this is the Jews' fault, and at least three times in the New Testament it says clearly it is the Jews' fault. So he's following what Scripture says, but they didn't like that. Hmm. But wasn't Jesus a Jew? Yes. But they they didn't like that they were incriminated in the. Execution of Jesus. What were you going to say, Dave? Uh, back to that Book of Mormon play. Don't you think a lot of, uh, particularly uh, non-believers who really want to mock Christianity? Yeah, this would give them some ammunition, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. they, it would have been looked upon by them as because they claim to be Christian. Therefore, we're all lumped into the same yeah, same yeah, craziness. So it would have yeah, done, uh, you know, a lot of damage to. Yeah. True Christianity. Yep. Without a doubt, yeah. Yep. And uh, they, pro the, the people that were responsible for that, probably weren't Christians. No. Yeah. I expect. They, they were, I expect. It not. was an opportunity to do just that. But a, a Monty Python type approach to the Mormon, the Mormon Church. Yes. Yep. So I tell you, not that they come around very much anymore. Maybe they're getting fired with money. Uh, 
but they were the nicest young men mm -hmm. that would come to your board. And they didn't try to push you or anything like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep. Or you just said, thank you for stopping, but I'm not interested. Yep. They really are mission-minded, and they, unfortunately, we, we feel they're going, you know, believe in the wrong things. But you have to admire them. Oh, my. Their dedication. The courage yep. that it takes to go and knock on doors. And don't you wish that we had that same courage yep. of just trying to, to convince others of what we believe? Uh, it takes courage to knock well, on doors and say, this is what, you know, this is the way. Do, do that, and then you can have a whole bunch of wives. And, <laughs> yeah. and Jeff, have you ever had to have a witness come to your door? Sure. Oh, boy, they didn't know what they were getting in for, right. did they? <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. But you have to understand what they believe yeah. to have an intelligent conversation with them. Yeah. So, as opposed to, well, you're... You're, you're going to hell, I'm not slam a door in her face. That's, that's usually not effective. Um, so, yeah, you, you want to engage. And uh, it, it was funny. Uh, we had quite a few years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we had uh, a couple of young men here in town. And, and the one liked let, liked our daughter, Andrea. And was <laughs> it was really funny. So he was hanging around us a lot. He'd come to praise practice with us. And uh, yeah, he'd, he'd go to ministerium events with us and everything. And, uh, yeah, he was he'd like a little little, little puppy. He was just <laughs> – and then they, then they shipped him off. But, uh, yeah, they're the nicest people. Yeah, absolutely. Just, but it's it, it's all why why you're doing what you're doing. That's that's the key, the, the motivation for, for, for what you're doing. So if you're starting from a cult basis, then – you're not going to wind up where, where you want to be. Yeah. So you have to, you have to come to the true faith. So yeah, it's but it's Christianity is real easy to mess up. All religions are. So. I just grew up with it. From the time I was born. Yeah. Yep. You just went to church and you went to Bible school and you went to. Oh, the ones that would have once a week revival. Yep. That was just part of my life. Wish it was part of everybody's. <laughs> bring bring back the days when we had prayer in school and uh you know, that's just um, Oh yeah. Just that's the way we do things. I mean this is this is who we are. I mean it's you know, I mean but if we're not doing it at school then absolutely we need to choose to do that in our families. That you know. Families need to be praying together, eating together, you know, just worshiping together, you know, doing those things. And the uh, worst thing you could ever do is ask, ask a four-year-old what they want to do. <laughs> you, you don't get to decide this. I'm the adult. <laughs> Dragging you to church, so try that. Anything else in 33? Well, let's try 34. You want the quick version? I give you chapter 34 in two words. Yeah. Trust God. Thank you. It's Goodbye. Yes, yes, pretty much. But this, this 34 really makes it clear, right? I mean, it's a, that's what this chapter is all about. I mean, trusting in anything other than God. Now, I can't emphasize that enough because we, we, we start to think, well, 
I don't want to follow God. I don't want to trust in God. But this isn't too bad. God, God would think this is okay. No. <laughs> it's like there is one way with God. So certainly trusting in any other nation and any other military and any other means will result in the land becoming a desert. In other words, destruction. But trust in God and even from a desert a flower will bloom. That's pretty neat. So the first four verses are a general statement of judgment against all nations. Then starting at verse 5, it moves to the specific example of Edom. We've already looked at Edom. They're pretty bad. Uh, several chapters ago, we got into quite, quite a bit about Edom. So look at, look at verse 4. The effect of God's judgment is that even the stars in the sky will be affected. We also see this clearly in Revelation. Look at a quote. All the stars of the heavens will be dissolved and the sky rolled up like a scroll. Revelation says the same thing. You're going to find it in Elijah and a couple other places in the Old Testament. Um, so that's a, a common theme. In other words, this is the greatness of God. Can any of us, or all of us together, make the stars disappear? Can we roll the sky up like a scroll? We can't even predict the weather 24 hours in advance. Let's face it. So again, we are very limited, finite, in what we can do. God is not. That's why we trust Him and we worship Him. Now, verse 5. Edom is singled out because Edom has been the, the just the, the perennial enemy against Israel. As God's people first came into the land of Canaan, Joshua leads them in, like day one. Edom was the first country to meet them and oppose them. Edom has always been against Israel. Southeast, Iranish, Iraqish type area. And yeah, they were a small but real feisty nation. Just yeah, like a like a small dog, just yapping all the time. Just just just, just yes, exactly. So yes, which even back then it says they can't get along with anybody. Ishmael's people were always belligerent, and Iran, Iraq, duh, to this day. Thousands of years later, it's remained exactly the same. It has not ever changed. And, again, are they not trying to still wipe out Israel? Mm -hmm. yeah, it never changes. So, in particular, Edom is noted because Edom, it wasn't just the fact that they didn't like Israel. You, you read about them in the, in the Old Testament and you discover that it, the thing with Edom was they don't like Israel's God. This, this was a spiritual thing. We will wipe you people out to prove that your God is, is nothing. And they've been trying to do it for thousands of years. <laughs> you think eventually someone would say, boy, this is a poor strategy. This is not working for us. But they, 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 they keep doing it. The Edomites joined the Babylonians in trying to defeat Israel as well. Right? So there's, there's just a constant theme of Edom, 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 and it's all, all, all bad. So the whole last section here from uh, verse 9 to 17. Notice all the birds 
got owls and falcons and all those. Those are all listed as unclean birds. So these are bad birds. These are birds that God has declared are ones that you know you can't eat, you can't use, uh, that are basically useless. Now verses nine and ten. That's pretty pretty graphic. Sulfur burning, um, total destruction. What what other area in the Old Testament was destroyed with burning sulfur? Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So it wasn't just one town. This was you know, representing an area. Two distinct cities, but in the, the entire valley, the entire plain there was, was just devastated. And here, not too long ago, they, they're pretty sure they found the area. And you know, archaeologists are digging and doing their, their stuff. You dig down a ways and you find rocks that are actually melted. It takes a lot of heat to burn rock. <laughs> Nowhere on earth do you find this. I mean, it's, so it's not volcanic. It's just a rock that was melted. You going to say something? They, didn't they find a lot of sulfur content yes. in the soil yep. also? Yep, yep. Which, you can't grow anything. And yeah, it's just it's yeah. permanently destroyed land. Yeah. Well, then was there such a thing as Lot's wife? And she turned around and turned into a color of salt. Oh, yeah. But, she didn't have a name. Right. Nobody knew but her name. No, Noah's wife didn't have a name either. Right. One of the most important women in history. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then everybody in the New Testament is named Mary. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with that? So, yeah, so this area, this is yeah, reminiscent of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God already did that way back in Genesis. And he's saying... I didn't say I wouldn't do that again. I'm not going to flood the earth, but I didn't say I'm going to rain rain sulfur down. And you know, sulfur is very, very you know flammable too. And once it, it stinks and it burns, and that's recall then in Revelation, all evils thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. Yeah. So 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 hell is not only a place of burning; it's it's of an acrid, awful smell, rotten eggs the rest of all eternity. Yuck! Burn your nostrils right out. Verse 11, a reference to a measuring line and a plumb line. Now, these are tools that are used as standard measuring to create something the right way. This is how you, you, you measure, and you, you, you make it you know, straight and true and all of that type of stuff. God says, I will use them to show that Edom has not lived up to the standard of righteous living. So again, the standard is set by God. Righteousness is established by God that then we have to adhere to. Anything that deviates from that, then we're not plumb. We can't be measured. We can't be you know, fitted into the plan that God is, is, is creating. Now, verse 14 makes me laugh. Uh, see the reference to night creatures? Um, the, the word in the original language for night creatures is Lilith. You remember, right? Fraser's wife? Yeah. From, yes. See? That's why they named her that. Isn't she like I mean, she had no personality. She never smiled. Uh, Lilith. Yes. That, that just cracks me up. I mean, they actually worked that into this character. I, that's pretty funny stuff. So, the, But the, these night creatures, these Liliths, uh, were believed to come and possess you as you slept at night. 
if you were alone. Just apparently they can't attack you if you know, you're married or whatever, and so, you know, the person's in the bed next to you. But if you're alone, you know, they would come and attack you. Or perhaps worse, they, they, they stole babies. So these are not, not nice creatures. These are bad creatures. Lilith, just like on Cheers. <laughs> she was not a nice person. And then as you get to get the conclusion, verses 16 and 17, it's simply making the point that if God says it, he's going to do it. Now, we've already known that. Thus saith the Lord. But here it says, God actually wrote this stuff down. So there could be no question, well, did he really say that? Remember, last week we talked about the purpose of the prophet was to write it down so that when it actually happened, he could say, see, 20 years ago, God said he's going to do it, and boom, there it is. That's what God's doing here. I will do it myself. I will write it down so that there can be no question of what I'm actually trying, trying to say to you. And there goes chapter 34. What else do you see in chapter 34? I guess I did an incredibly thorough job of explaining it. <laughs> Jim, you're puzzled. Well, yeah, I don't know how to bring it up. Uh, uh, the, uh, the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of desolation, uh, a plumb line keeps you, it keeps you knowledgeable of whether you're tilted or not. And... It seems to me it's saying the more desolation you have, the further away you are from the plumb line. Right, from what God's standard is, yes. Yeah, anything yeah. that deviates even one degree from that, which is pretty much the definition of sin. Sin, sin is not, if you think sin, sin as a, a target you know, with a bullseye, like an archer would shoot at, sin is not missing the target entirely. Sin is missing the bullseye. Yeah. So anything that even is one degree off of that, that sin. Anything that is not exactly what God says we need to do, then becomes sin. So that's why, yes, we need to understand what the plumb line is, so that we hold ourselves to that to that standard. And again, it's not not by our definition, but by God Himself. Well, it's it's gone way too far to get to in here, but I just that seems to contradict. The fact that, or maybe not. See, I don't know where to go. With this. <laughs> this is something you have to sleep on. Come back and use it eleven. Yeah, let's do that. T let's tune do in that. next week. Yeah, and see Jim struggle I further. Need to, I need to think about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Leaving us in suspense. The jury will disregard that last comment. <laughs> I want to make sure you all come back next week. Yeah, really. Oh, I'll come back now. the front line is swaying much too far. No, the plumb line stays straight. It's our relationship to it is what changes. It's like it's like our relationship with God. If it's if it gets tilted, it's because we move, not because right. God yeah. moves. But it's it's way too much to get into here. I'll have to think about it. Uh, <laughs> write write a paper on it, will you please? <laughs> Any other confusing thoughts on chapter thirty-four? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Do any of you know anybody named Lilith? <laughs> you're you're going to be looking for somebody now, aren't you? If you're ever, ever out somewhere and somebody introduced you to, to somebody named Lilith, you're going to start laughing. <laughs> Lilith, yep. I missed the last I missed one. Th- I didn't hear you say it. Lilith, yes. Lilith. Is it spelled the same way? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> we just lost Amy. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah. 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 King, King, King James word there. Uh, yes. Lilith. <laughs> uh, well, good stuff. Told you we get done a little early today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.